millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And we are back in the Rugby Dungeon to talk about the final round of the Premiership's regular season. And I suppose, thinking about it, we're also talking about the the start of the Pro 14 season. Who saw that one coming? (laughs) Oh, yeah. The Pro 14 has started. It's back. The 2020-2021 season has begun. Uh, and no, actually, so I watched a couple of games. Um, I watched the highlights of a couple of games. Um, my beloved Ulster against JB's beloved Benetton, and it was a pretty good game. Um, so I hear Ulster did win in the end, but um, just inside the second half, when uh, Benetton scored, they went into the lead, and twenty-four twenty-one or something like that. It was yep. at the time, um, and it was close. The other game that I watched, I don't know if you've heard or read any of it. But the finish to Scarlet Munster. Oh, the massive kick by. Kick by um... Don't tell me Munster won it. So yeah. ten minutes to go. Munster did not win this game. Ten minutes to go. So um, half penny kicking in kicking you every, got, everything. Did he get nine penalties are ridiculous. Yeah, he was he was on nine penalties. Twenty seven points they scored through penalties. Oh my god! With half half penny near perfect. I think he might have even been perfect kicking record. Ten minutes to go. It's. Um, What's, what is it? It's twenty-four. Is it twenty-four seventeen? No, it's twenty-seven seventeen. Twenty-four seventeen. Twenty-four seventeen. Because um, Munster had just scored a try, but Peter O'Mahony, um flops onto one of the Scarlets tacklers as uh, Farrell's scoring the try with no arms. Of makes course. contact with the head. Of course, gets a second yellow card. He's off. So they're you don't th- see that very often, do you? A second yellow. I think ca- that's it. Yeah, half penny slots the penalty. I think so. It's, it's twenty seven twenty four, and no, it's twenty seven twenty because um, Munster score a try with two minutes to go to level it up. They sc- uh, they score a try, convert it, so it's twenty seven all, and then Scarlets concede a penalty inside the Munster half and the oh. the young lad the reserve um, half by, or reserve fly half slots one from 55 metres to win the game yeah with a man down for the last 10 so you go Pro 14's back unfortunately um, I, so I was hitching on that game I was reading through Twitter I can't remember who tweeted this but it was interesting so like um, Scarlet's on Munstering Munster uh, and yeah, yeah the, how, the, how it went down yeah the the, the um, grinding out penalties uh, kicking those penalties Aggressive defence, winding up the opposition. I don't know why I get so upset about Munster winning. I just, you know, <laughs> I, 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 there's no reason for it. They're such a great club, but I just they, they upset are. me. 
They well, are a great club. So, so you'll know, like last week we did a, a midweek domestic podcast. That's our famed MWDP that makes an appearance from time to time. I'm, we're going to rename today's podcast. Oh? The Monday, no. an MMSP. The Monday Morning Scandal Podcast. <laughs> because it's um, it's all happening. So uh, we, we, yeah, it was the round twenty-two of the Gallagher Premiership, and it was two, it was two-thirds of round twenty-two of the Gallagher Premiership. Yeah. So we've got to wade into this mess. I guess we do. Uh, here's a question for you: an opening question, a little gambit. How much would the salary cap be if you had to include solicitors? <laughs> um, ooh, this, the Saracens, the the bill oh, of Saracens yeah. solicitors oh, last season word. would have been astronomical. Even though, having read through the entire hundred and two page Dyson report, the Saracens solicitor, I don't think they won a single no. argument throughout the whole report. Yeah, every single point, that everything they p- were paid to do, they. Did yeah, you might argue that is one of the worst performances by any law firm <laughs> ever in the history of law. When we're wrapping up the tw- uh, 2019-2020 season, the single worst performance will be Saracen Solicitors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is in stark, in stark contrast to their accountancy side. Great job for years. I mean, they must be shaking their head at their legal counterparts. And Leicester Tigers will be um, devastated, devastated not to get worst performance of the season after the myriad of records yeah, they've broken really- with. Yeah, tried as awful, well, awful performances. Yeah, well, I imagine that a lot of solicitors are going to get a lot richer when all this is sorted <laughs> out. So, where are we at? We were so excited, as everyone was, about this crescendo to the regular league season and four teams battling for three spots in the playoffs. And that's what was it, everyone was excited about until on Friday morning, uh-oh, story drops... Mm. Sale have a initially it was a several, then it was uh, double figures, then it was sixteen, and I think in total in there, including players and backroom staff, it's nineteen <laughs> positive cases of coronavirus. Yeah. So I'm laughing because it just occurred to me, Pat Lamb's comment. 19, 19 cases. What were they doing? <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't know, Pat. Rugby? I mean, maybe they were doing rugby? I have no idea. But, like, what must Pat Lamb think they were doing? That's what I want to know. Well, there's lots what, to... Yeah, there's, what would be on Pat, Lam, Pat Lamb's list? There's lot. There's lots to get into here. So, on, let's just recap very briefly. Friday, yeah. uh, we hear about the positive cases, which throws the viability of Sale's game against Worcester into doubt. And, because Sale had played uh, Northampton on Tuesday, it threw the viability of Northampton's game against Gloucester into doubt because of... Uh, contact tracing and the need to isolate. That is an interesting thing for me yeah. because the, these players are tested. They've tested a couple of days before every game, which throughout this period has meant they're tested at least once a week and no. more yes, like yes, yes. yeah, m- more like twice a week. Well, they are tested twice a week when they're having um, two games a week. Mm. But from the, the timeline on this, because of the um, the Premiership Cup, which they were tested, and then. They were tested at the end of that week. So they tested the week before, or a few days before the Premiership Cup. Tested at the end of that week as well. Um, and then tested this week. And Sale clearly passed the middle point of those tests. Yes. They passed the one just before the weekend just gone. Yeah. Well, yes. Let, let's Northampton let, have passed this one. Yeah. But I'm guessing there's an incubation period for this. Right. Okay. So 
But let's just go back to the to the bare bones. So there was all this question mark, can the game go ahead? Can the na- game not go ahead? Um, ultimately, the Northampton versus Gloucester game was cancelled. Uh, the Sale versus Worcester game was postponed. So Sale had 16, well, 19 positive cases, as it turned out. Those players were isolated using the protocols. And Sale say all individuals who had reason to isolate due to their proximity to them were also isolated. Sale said, this is the crucial bit, Sale said they could fulfil the fixture with players who weren't positive and didn't need to isolate, uh-huh. as per the regulations. But yet the game didn't go ahead. Yes. I don't know whether that was because Worcester or whether because Premier Rugby said, oh, we're not happy with that. Well, then you come, then in my head, this is where you tie back to that incubation period. Yeah. Because just because not all of those players um, or a certain number of those players didn't test positive on the Thursday, Friday, because um, they, they got released on the the um, the Saturday, the information. Yeah. But just because a number of them didn't test positive doesn't mean that they were not carrying the, vi- the virus. And so you'd need to get, in my head, you need to get another negative test several days later to confirm that they do not have the virus and are free to play. Which is what they do on Monday. Otherwise, Tuesday. all those Tuesday. players would yeah. still have Sorry, to... Test on Monday. All those players would still have to go into mandatory isolation period. And in my head, the a negative test overrules... This is the way it appears to be doing. A negative test overrules the requirement for the isolation period. Yeah, so otherwise, basically, the whole sales squad would be isolated. Well, th- this is one of the things which... Uh, I can understand fans... Uh, question: well, You know, fans of other clubs or whatever questioning this. It is interesting. There were quite. There was a high concentration of virology uh, experts <laughs> in <laughs> Bristol <laughs> and <laughs> Bath and uh, Bath after five pm <laughs> this weekend, which we can get into. So the interesting bits for me, which I, I don't know if we've touched on, but it's how this all came about. So at the start of the film, you said they've been tested once a week, maybe twice a week. Yeah. Then well, that didn't happen. Uh, certainly not in sales case. And the other thing which we've not mentioned is the false positive. Right, so the sale get tested on the, uh, the the Wednesday or the Tuesday after the sorry the, the Wednesday the, after the European Cup. They sorry. played no, they played on the Monday night in the yeah. Premiership Cup final. Yes. They got tested on the Wednesday. And they got yeah. tested on tested last on, Wednesday. On Wednesday. All of those tests came back as negative. Yeah. Okay. Except for one, which came back later as a false negative. So they had a positive player uh, training with them for a couple of days, at least a couple of days. They followed the, the, the protocol, everyone was notified, and that that player went wherever that player went, into isolation. Uh, got, you've got to talk into the mic, mate. Uh, I am talk, <laughs> talking into the mic. No, your, your, your head's moving all over the place. It might, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's that microphone, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, so after that, all the players, and this isn't privileged information, everyone will know this if you follow rugby and you follow your club, you'll know that they get some days off. So then they had three days off. So the squad dispersed and they do whatever people do when they have their days off. They go spend the time with family, walking the dogs, you know, whatever it is. And then they get, and then they get back together. Licking, licking supermarket trolleys. Lick, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, there's an enormous amount of things that young professional men, professional rugby players can get up to. Having, having, instigating giant parties in university halls of residence. Hang, hanging out with Cam Newton. You know, <laughs> there was an awful lot of things that they could be getting up to, and then they all come back, come back into training. Um, they then get tested again, right, before the, um, before the Worcester game, 
which is the latest lot of tests when the 16 come about. Now, here's some questions for you, which I think need to be answered pretty much immediately, which is, it's not Sales Shark's job to test the, test the players. The testing regime comes from, from Premier Rugby. So once Premier Rugby realise that they've got a false negative in, in the squad, furthermore, it's in an area which is more at risk, I think, than pretty much any other club in, club in the country. And then the testing schedule is eight days apart. They do nothing about it. So it's very well. It's all very well people pointing to the fact that um, Sale had a few beers on whenever it was. Uh, but uh, I do think that the gaps in testing here are absolutely critical because if they pick this up earlier earlier on in the week, a lot more stuff could be done. And if they if these guys were positive because of the player. Who was, who was told they were told was negative, but yeah. actually was positive. Well, they've already had it for like eight days, mm. so well, you know it's a really important point. So, what were, what were Premier Rugby doing? So, the, the two things I'll, I'll say around that. One is the um, your interview with uh, Baxter last week, Tim, and your interview with this week with Baxter, where you you brought up this point, and it was only last week where Rob Baxter, who's an incredibly sensible man, was saying, "Look, there's a huge expense in testing here." Yeah. We've had, and you, I've got the numbers in front of me over the past uh, 13 weeks, and it is a thousand tests, no positive, a thousand tests, one player, a thousand tests, two players, two members of staff. A thousand, so you've got such low numbers. He was questioning the need for testing, or certainly the, the, the level of this. Um, so there, there's that side of it. The other side of it is. Um, the protocols, the track and trace protocols that you referred to before, which, as I understand it, is, is the clubs who do that. There's something that's gone wrong. So when, within the clubs, there is um, there's a track and trace protocol to look back through training, look back at who's, contact, who's been in contact with who and follow that through. There is also processes that I understand in place, things like you, you're splitting the team into two team buses for away games. Yeah. Um, having small bubbles for contact, having small bubbles for, for scrummaging and all the rest of it, which is supposed to both limit the exposure of anyone in close contact, but also stop the spread of risk. And that, so one of those things appears to have broken down for it to have spread so far in sale. Because no, cause other clubs, there have been players testing positive in every other club, and no, no other club has had this level the, of the, the spread. Only, yeah, also not had them in the squad for three days. You know, in the vicinity, it does tend it does tend to spread. Now, you know, you might be lucky as a club and catch the the, the one player here or the one player there. But yeah, you know, I you know, for the life of me, I don't do not think two two different bubbles work. I do not think that all these precautions work. I think it's an absolute nonsense. Well, but it has, it the, has the, num- the numbers worked. would the numbers would suggest it has. It has worked for every other club. As in every every other club has had players, and every other club they're testing a week apart, seven days apart, ten days apart, then four days because you're playing twice a week, then seven days, then seven days, then four days, and over those periods, every other club has had positive tests, and no other club has had a spike like this. Yeah, I mean, so that some, is something something appears to have gone wrong. Uh, I just think they've been. I do genuinely think that they've just been 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 unlucky. I mean, you you point to these cases where they have appeared, right? But no one has had a false positive. No one has actually had a had a player in camp um, for that for that long. Not that we know of. No, no one's had a false positive, but that shouldn't change your behaviours. 
No, but I don't think the behaviour is... I don't think that the separate, separating out of the squad, if someone was in there with, for three days, would make the slightest bit of difference. Mm. But the, the false positive, if the processes are in there are correct, which they do, appear do, to do, work for... Do we really think... Else. OK, do we really think that with all the two bubbles and all the things in the world which they want to put, put in there, that COVID would, not, would, would potentially not spread? So, so I, I think so, I think it's ridiculous to, to, to think that when you're playing a contact sport, when you're doing your wrestling, when you're doing your warming up, when you're doing whatever it is, when you're touching sur- surfaces, I just don't think it's realistic. But, but so I tend to agree based on what I know about the the virus. However, then how do you explain that no other team has had this kind of outbreak? Well, because they're all doing the same stuff, yeah, aren't they? I look back, back at the numbers and say I think that they've been fortunate. Well, so eleven out of twelve for thirteen weeks have been fortunate, and, I would say and so. one. I would say so. <laughs> yeah, because that, that does, it does you, seem like a, a guy roll of the dice there. kind of response. No because, no, because you've got a guy in there who has had COVID for you know COVID positive, not just uh, display. Sorry, not not displaying symptoms, not not picked up but, but positive, actually positive within the camp for that amount of time. And you don't know what Sale were doing in the run-up to that game, which other clubs might not have been doing, whether it be more contact, whether it be things which are completely within the realms I, I think of we rugby. Should, I think yeah. that we should we, we can extend a little bit of uh, empathy towards Sale Sharks for having a, a player that was positive in their camp for eight days between tests before they were told, actually, actually they're, they're positive. You know, we said they were negative, they're, they're not. So I did, but but here's here here are the questions that fans are asking. So let, let's deal with these. It's one rule for one club and another rule for uh, for a, for another. So there there, there is a, a suggestion. There is a a sense in a, in, in a bunch of fans that uh, Sale have been given some special treatment by allowing their game to be postponed, whereas Northampton who all they did was play against Sale have had to have their game cancelled. Uh, yeah, let me just address that a second. Um, not that exact point, but a similar point, which is regarding the Northampton, um, the reason Northampton couldn't raise a team. So the COVID rules, I think, must be slightly different for rugby clubs to what they are in the gen- general population. I'm sure, I mean, I, we actually know this because they play rugby and we can't. Yeah, yeah. Right, so there is obviously some sort of difference. One of the differences is, it's, you're not, how can I say, I need to get my words right now. Us three now, if I had COVID, would not be classed as being together. So if I had COVID, I don't think you guys have to socially uh, isolate. You would have to socially isolate, though, if you had a certain amount of contact time, like face-to-face time. Um, And and this must be in the rules somewhere. So um, if you were, say, scrummaging, which would be a good one, that would be when we're in very, very close contact. So I think that is how they are working out who needs to isolate and who doesn't need to isolate. So in the Northampton case... Uh, I mean, I don't know who has it or who doesn't, but you can assume that maybe if it's a front row, that then that causes Northampton all sorts of issues because they do have enough contact yeah. in order to generate yeah. that track yeah. and trace and isolation. So that's, that's, how they've, that's how they've worked it out. The but, re- yeah. Well, the reason given for the Northampton game was their failure to get out six uh, experienced front rows. So let's just deal with this question. Sailor getting, Sail getting special treatment here and PRL are making up rules on the fly as they go to benefit Sale and to stitch up Northampton. Probably. That's well, what I would say. Phil Winstanley from Premier Rugby on BT Sport said it's because they were following the rules that they had the only option they had was to postpone yeah, the look, game. This, this is basically a story about two teams now. Premier Rugby's lawyers and Sale Sharks lawyers. And it comes on, and it's going to be that 
It's going to be that simple. Cell sharks will look at this and say, we have followed all of the COVID rules. Well, so are you saying Phil Winstanley was, was not telling the truth on BT Sport? I suggest that Northampton think not, Phil Winstanley was not t- uh, telling the truth on, yeah, on, on about, BT about Sport. Yeah, about a very specific thing, not, but, I mean, not about know, that broad point. Little lie, big lie. Who cares? Um, I think, actually, the rules as written... Well, we don't, me, well that's one thing. Do we, know, me, do we know them? Does anybody know them? Are they in the public domain? Well, the, the, I, the, these guide, this guidance that was supposedly organised before the return of rugby, as far as I'm, I'm aware, I, I don't think he's out there. I'd be amazed. I don't. I'm not sure if he's out there or not, but I'd be amazed if this has not been dealt with. And it says, I think, in the Times that everyone agreed in this kind of situation that the game would be called off, you, that you'd forfeit. Um, well, no, now, if you're not able to. Yeah. If you, so, so this is a very, yeah. very important point here. So, Sale said they could. Could fulfil the fixture. Yeah. Northampton said they couldn't. Yeah. I, so yeah. The, the the rules were. This is what Phil Winstanley from Premier Rugby said. We had we had to. Uh, Northampton were forced to forfeit the game and five points be given to Gloucester and a twenty nil scoreline because they said they couldn't fulfil a twenty three. Sales said they could. Therefore, we had to follow the rules and our only option was to postpone it because Public Health England got involved and Worcester. I don't know if Worcester had concerns themselves. Worcester did not want to play the game. They were not Pro- probably not. Surprisingly, yeah. it means nothing to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I totally understand. And, it. And, yeah, and, uh, and I'm not against Worcester for saying that. I think so, yeah. you know, uh, Worcester don't want to play. That's, that's the there. difficulty here is this, the the sense of injustice that some people feel. Like they they think I actually think from what I heard, the rules were applied, and that's why they, all that could happen was it could be postponed because they can't say to Sale. I know you've said you can fulfil the fixture, but no, we're, you're, uh, no, we're, we're, we're going to give Worcester five points. Well, you think you've covered it off and you've written it down. And when someone actually smart looks at it and goes, hang on, you've, you've not covered off. You've said, if you're not able to fulfil a fixture because of COVID, that it has to be called off. And they're going, yes, we can fulfil a fixture and these rules should. But I think in the minds of the premiership organisers and the premiership clubs who are not called sale sharks, they had this covered off. I don't think that the rules were watertight enough, which is remarkable considering where we are in the world. Yeah. So, so there's clearly, uh, I think, basically the contact tracing, like you said, looking through training videos, match videos to see who's had contact with who. I think basically they want to see sales working out on how 23 people oh, yeah. can I be think. available to. Uh, let's. We want to see your working out, yeah. and for that reason, we're going to put it back to Wednesday because they may well find out when they go and check the tape. Yeah. No, 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 no. That player, that player, if that you, player needs to go and isolate. Why it's, in, why it's gone to Wednesday? In my opinion, it's because sale of court. Premier Rugby banged to rights with their tra- with with their tracing, uh, sorry with the, with their testing. They've got legitimate questions about why weren't they tested tested again? Here's a point. I mean, if the test centre wasn't in Northern Ireland, they had to fly over by helicopter. They probably would have thrown all the tests in the car and driven them there themselves. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they probably would have. It's too important for. Yeah, important for I, I think to so this, I think the say they've got bang to rights. Premier Rugby were like, hang on. Um, I mean, we think that, that, that you should do X, Y, Z. And they're basically trying to sort this out. No decisions can be made until there is blame, there's blame to go around. That, that, that's what I think. But, but, but just, I'm just trying to address the points that people are saying. And the one that... Yeah, they're right. They're making it up on the spot. <laughs> but so Premier Rugby have said they're following their pre-agreed rules. Although, uh, before, Premier... although before Rugby restarted, they did say there will not be any rearranged fixtures yeah, due to this. Yeah, Premier Rugby are not following their own rules. They might say that they're following their own rules. They had a set of rules in their mind which should have been applied, and they weren't because they weren't re- written in, in strong enough language, would, would be my suggestion. Which is why they've got this ludicrous situation where the last game of the season is now going to be a Wednesday instead of a yeah. you know, tepid Sunday. 
But it, this, in my mind, it's, it's interesting your take on this, that it's you're kind of saying it's um, Premier Rugby versus Sale Sharks, it's who, whose lawyers win. In my mind, Premier Rugby are, the, that, kind of as you're saying, Tim, they are bending over backwards to try and accommodate uh, sale in this to try and give sale the opportunity to fulfill this fixture uh, and do so safely and they're going to as part of that look back through all the the training tape and check that yeah. sale did follow the processes because sales have said they absolutely diamond said they absolutely followed all the processes they're going to do an investigation on that they are also then going to um do a further round of testing and confirm if both those things are positive and okay then sale get their shot and whatever team so Sale I, can yeah, muster are, yeah. are going to get their shot. I couldn't disagree with that more. I, I think that um, Jay, Mike, I think that that I think that it is more to do with the fact that Sale have you know have complied with everything. It you know the way the tests have been handled do not look good on either the people that do the tests or 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 Premier Rugby. Premier Rugby know that and some agree that they are liable to this uh, for for this, and they don't they don't don't want to be in, be on the hook. I think that's got. And I think that's why Sale will be under investigation on Monday morning, like it says in the Times, because somebody wants to pin some blame on someone else. It's almost like you've got two insurance companies fighting over, you know, a an insurance claim, and they're all looking for the technicality which gets right. the other one off. So, Premier Rugby. So, so basically, all I'm saying is let, let's let's on that particular point of the rules being changed. Yeah, I don't I don't think that there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of sort of anger and uh, and tension thrown sail sharks way, which I don't think it applies there. But let's move on to a separate point where maybe it could be. Who knows? Where? Um, well, no, let's actually deal with this one point. So, Premier Rugby, uh, Phil Winstanley from Premier Rugby said on BT Sport uh, that Northampton weren't were given the opportunity to, to but, but weren't able to sign front row players to be able to fulfil a fixture. Northampton have put out a statement since this evening and said that's absolutely not the, not the case. Do you have the statement in front of you? Uh, no, but they've just said no, it was wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we read the statement before the podcast, didn't we? And it was fairly explicit and it's fairly No. Uh, we were told that we couldn't do that. Now So again, all I'm saying is that if you if you piece all of these bits together so far, the, the consistent element here is Premiership Rugby. They didn't make it clear before. They, they haven't published these rules so we can measure what's happened up against what they said. They're, they're saying things which clubs are contradicting. S- Steve Diamond was on there saying there was a false negative and there was this odd gap of time where we weren't tested. It, it, I, I, would, I would suggest the common theme we're identifying so far is that there's a, a, a administrative issues, not necessarily one club playing fast and loose, but but that point would lead on to this um, this supposed breach of I don't know uh, just society rules where Sale have been on a massive bender out in yeah, town in Manchester. I, I do like that. I do like that theory. Um, yeah, you, know, you find the one thing that might be that might be fun, and then you pin it on people. I mean, that's very much a <laughs> pandemic thing, isn't it? Oh well, you had fun, therefore you must. You know, it's your own fault that that you got COVID because you went for a beer, and that's just not how it I was, works. I was, was going to say, as far as I'm aware, people are allowed to go to a pub. Yeah, I mean, for example, <laughs> just, just on that point, I assume 
would have had lots and lots of beers back down to London. So technically, it's Harlequins that were out in uh, you know out to the early hours, not not <laughs> on a four-hour coach journey. Yeah, I mean they're on a coach, of course. But you know, well, two fine. coaches, two co- two co- They took two coaches, one for beer, one for players. That's egregious. <laughs> two coaches. Yeah. Uh, I. I you know, I'd, have been, you, I'd have been on the port and cheese bit on the port and cheese coach. Yeah. <laughs> unless you can prove it to me that the players were you know, out. In, I mean, we don't know where you'd go, in Manchester. If if the sale players can tell me where to go out in Manchester right now, on I a was, Sunday night, yeah, it's perfect time after the no, pod. This, this, was a mon- this was a Monday night. Oh, sorry, this Monday, Monday, night. Yeah. Monday night. I mean, we've not been able to go out for late it, Monday night. This was this was actually the day before the the curfew curfew came in. Yeah, but even so, I mean, where, where do you go? Yeah. Mojo's hasn't been open for, for months now. <laughs> well, straight to those university halls of residence, welcome the new the new people, get involved in a massive uh, rave. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's that, that's what... I'm pretty sure that Sail Sharks players would have been noticed in the halls of residence. <laughs> <laughs> These enormous South African men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 I mean, look, I'm not saying it didn't happen because I don't know. So maybe someone's got... Uh, you know, a video or a picture or something. If you are that person, do not come if, forward. If that happens, <laughs> if, if that do happens, if that happens, Steve Diamond is going to look very, very silly because he said outright it didn't happen. Uh, point being, I, I, I just there is no smoking gun for for sale sharks as it stands, and yet when you look at Twitter, it was just because people want a story, don't they? They want a story and. One thing we do definitely know is that Sale Sharks enjoyed a few beers at Carrington after they won the Premiership Rugby Club, as is their right. Yeah, and from what I heard, um, wives and girlfriends and that weren't even allowed. It, uh, it can was, I just tell you an anecdote? The players only I'll tell in you Carrington. an anecdotal story about Sale... Sorry, it's just <laughs> scandalous. Go on. Um, just after the pandemic, uh, I was due to meet somebody at Sale Sharks at the new training ground. Okay. Now, this is before the training ground was even open. And just to give you an idea of how serious it is, even with nobody there, right, I was going to meet one other person there. Even with nobody there, I got a phone call about 10 minutes before I was due to arrive saying, we'll show you around, but we can't do it now because of the pandemic. As soon as everything is over, we um, we will do it. Now, there were no there were no players there. there you know everyone was uh, everyone was still off there was no training there was no there was no nothing you simply couldn't go to what was effectively a building site then well not building site but you know it, it, it wasn't their training base because they take it that seriously they won't even have you through the gate so you know i think it's very unlikely that they that they'd have done that i'm not saying they hadn't but it, in my experience it'd be mm. incredibly unlikely mm. but we will by probably tuesday afternoon we will know. So, yeah. so, so there's going to be another. There's going to be an investigation. There's I don't, think, round I, round I, I, I don't think the game's going to happen. Do you want to know my conspiracy theory? Oh, I love a conspiracy theory. My conspiracy theory is, as always, I want to hear you say it into the microphone. Though, as always, <laughs> Sale are very, very smart. So the people at the top of Sale are incredibly inventive men, um, and it wouldn't surprise me if the game plan here was to just push this back until they knew the results. So if Bath would have lost... Um, they don't, don't need to play. Huh? They don't need to play. Well, they do need to play, because if they forfeit, they still lose by 20 points. But if the Department of Sports and Culture call it off, it's a nil-nil draw. There's two, two points each. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, exactly. So a draw would have seen Sale go through if Bath had lost. Bath, annoyingly for lots of neutrals... Neutrals everywhere. Um, ...got themselves a draw. They were about... Uh, they were a Mario, a, a Mario Otoji roll away and penalty away from losing the game. 
And well, yeah, they they were also minutes away from winning the game because it was only in, in the whatever sixty odd minutes when that penalty try went over, and then your boy Swinners, Swinners, Swinners scored the match drawer, and they managed to snatch a draw from the. Let's, let's the get into the game. I feel victory. like we've sort of very messily meandered through that. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, as messy as uh, Premiership rugby handled it. Well. Maybe not that messy. No, I don't, yeah, I don't think that messy. Maybe our messiness is a nice reflection of how it has been handled. Yeah. Maybe. Just summarising positions, like the the culpability here, whether everyone, sh- whether everyone should be angry at, or who people should be angry at, if anyone, where we're at and what we think is going to happen next. Okay. Be angry at, pre- at, pre- at Premier Rugby. The testing was not adequate. Now they've been found bang to rights. They are trying to engineer a situation where they can go up to sell sharks prove that sail shocks are in the wrong so they don't have to uh, cop the blame for what is undoubtedly their fault. I think they're looking for a a, te- a technicality. That would be my that would be my view. I, I think be disappointed at both PRL's handling of this and also sales handling of this. There's there is some something has gone on with um, the 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 way that sale have managed their players, managed the processes, managed the protocols that has led to 19 people in their organisation where other clubs have had similar situations and it's not spread anywhere near. So be disappointed, but don't don't be... I wouldn't say be angry at either party yet. No, be angry, uh, be angry at uh, Premier Rugby. OK. Um, and I, I think the, probably the most likely situation is the game does not go ahead. Yeah. Um, for, for what could be a number of reasons, either further positive tests or PRL do find some um, breaching protocols when they're investigating the game tape. Um, so it will, the table will finish uh, exactly as it looks now, albeit say we'll get an extra two points. Oh no, because they'll, they'll get a twenty nil loss because it'll be their fault. Yeah. No, no, it depends how it's called off. Yeah, so I, yeah, I think the it, table will be yeah. in position. So I'm, I'm saying it will yeah. be called off because of either more positive tests cases for sale or they are found to have breached some oh, protocol the sale the fifth best team in the country <laughs> well this is um, oh, I, th- I think that the I think the game probably won't go ahead uh, for the reasons you, you've already said and uh, and I just wish this. I mean there's so many examples of this and this is one of the awful things about social media the rush to judgement and the rush to outrage Wasn't, they weren't judging Tim they knew yeah, well, exactly. They were very, how, very how many short. more cases do we have to see of um, a partial part of a story coming out oh. and people spre- spreading spreading an angle of a story like wildfire? Remember that? Remember those the, those Covington kids? I, I do, I do. do not the, one for the podcast. I might add. No, no, it's, it's not one for the co- podcast. But that Covington kids was one, one of yeah, the, of and, and he settled with two hundred million. Was it with some millions? ridiculous yeah. amount of money with a news network in America yeah. who just put out a partial part of a story that went around the world on social media before anyone actually went. Oh, I had, should we look at the full context before we make I a judgment? Had many many texts today saying, "I know cell shocks." Not me personally. Um, oh. I, I, so my mate has told me cell sharks are out in university halls and all the rest of it. So I, I'm pretty sure they haven't. You know, it was a very, very. Uh, I mean, you know, who knows? Who knows it, what will come who to knows, light? Who knows? But we, I'm not gonna say until you know that that is the case. Yeah, I've not seen any evidence of it. Stop it. Yeah, stop. Like, I thought rugby was better than that, but anyway, um, ridiculous. But but <laughs> I, but I think getting all the information from both Sail Sharks and Premier Rugby on a Sunday evening after the games, after we've had 48 hours or so of 
a cesspit on Twitter and, and people because making up their just, mind what the story was just says to me, get the information out in full you, and early. If you read between lines, doesn't that tell you, though, how acrimonious the disagreement must be between Premier Rugby and Sale? I, I just think it, might, I think it might be the way that rugby runs its business a little bit and it needs to get better at, 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 at managing situations like this and the, and the comms process being a little bit more... The comms process? What, at Premier Rugby? Are you joking? Do you know who <laughs> runs the comms at Premier Rugby? Well, I would, so I, well, I would just try and be a, bit, a little bit more assertive and get out ahead of these issues. Yeah, the, com- they've, they've never, they've... The, the comms of Premier Rugby is limited to telling female journalists that they did well with a calm response. I, I wouldn't put any stock or any value in anything which they do. So, 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 <laughs> <laughs> so JB's last comment. <laughs> I asked them. Um, I, I did. I did put out on, on our Twitter account at Rugby Podcast. Well done any, for your calm response. Any, any other scandals? <laughs> any other scandals, guy, guys, and uh, or men or women or whatever? I said guys. I didn't say that in the question. Whatever. See how. What's, yeah. See what Twitter does to you. Yeah. Makes you worried about even on a podcast using the word guys. Anyway, Paul Hilling has tweeted to at Rugby Podcast and said, uh, Scandal, one of the lads took his missus what? to the players' dinner. So, so, so scandalous. Wow. Where does this rank in the list of scandals? What? what, what ooh, high. Yeah. Very high. Have you ever taken a missus to the club dinner? The club dinner? No. I want to go. To the, well, the players' Absolutely dinner. Not. No, the player. I can't think of anything where she'd rather less be. Hang <laughs> um, on, one last question for you. I don't think we finished with this uh, with the sale thing. Okay. Well, there were a lot of rumours going around. Some of them partially true. That Sale might have had to put out a team which wouldn't look very much like a Sale Sharks team. <laughs> well, Diamond, Diamond, did you hear what he said? He said the first team would be a good strength, and then there might be a few kids in the on the bench. But yeah. he's he's got history of doing that over the last few years, so there'd be exactly. there'd be nothing unusual there. So I mean, there were there were a few instances, weren't there? I mean, Jonathan Mills was sighted around uh, Manchester. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'd welcome him back with open arms. It'd be great to have a former Mills, friend eh? of the pod. Yeah, yeah. one uh, one last dance. Uh, if I was Dimes, do you know who I'd be calling? Uh, us. Tom, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Uh, Brady. Definitely. Us. Get, stop, yeah, us. Stop Brady from selling electrical uh, vehicle charging points and get him on. Exactly. Get him and and his he boots. can bring Don, Don Barrow with him too. Don Barrow, yeah. So he, 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 he could definitely do a shift. Um, are there any other local... Dean Schofield's still about. He's a Dean, big man. Dean Schofield's an enormous man. I mean, he could do 10 minutes off the bench. Yeah. Uh, Sammy T. So it's it, yeah. two was was tr- they were trying to get him on the bench. Uh, well, I d- we don't know. No, I mean, that's what Dime said. Oh, don't, 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 he said him and Neil Briggs. Briggs yeah, eight. Now, yeah. So, so, so <laughs> <laughs> if Dime said to you, "Look, you just need to sit on the bench. You might. Need, we won't get you on for anything more than the last ten minutes." Would Would you do it? One hundred percent. Yes. I, I, I would be terrified, but I also would love to feel what. Premiership rugby is actually like for person. Just like, but where do you play to be least exposed? Um, I'm, I'm going on, on the wing. Oh, but that, not the wing. The, there's the, the, there's wing, high, there's the, the, the high, high balls <laughs> with people smashing you as soon as oh, you catch it. It's my position. If if because uh, done bigger. If Duncan Weir or whatever spot, Billy... spotted me on the wing or JB, he'd, he'd like, right, I'm sticking a bomb yeah. up on you. The wing is not where I want to be. <laughs> so I am definitely not going in the tight. I think second row would be fairly well. <laughs> yeah, I think I might stand out at second row. Yeah, a little yeah bit. actually, <laughs> yeah. Thinking about that, quite often, I reckon I could tackle 
the odd the odd person around the fringe of a ruck just sort of get them to deck somehow but it's, it's the places I, I you'd be exposed yeah, is like exposed. against Worcester Ollie Lawrence hitting a really hard <laughs> line back at you <laughs> oh god <laughs> no thanks yeah but, but I mean, you just double tackle right you just get yeah, yeah, yeah. John Luke your man your man yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> double tackle <laughs> everything's a double tackle I would definitely do it for the last five minutes why not yeah, yeah for so, sure so on Wednesday Dimes if you need three extra bodies yeah. Yeah, well, not at the same time, of course. That'd be a disaster. I, I, I think this is <laughs> your a, man, JB. Rugby needs to. Rugby's got a, a, a little financial issue at the minute. I think this is the answer: getting auctioning off bench spots. Maybe a twenty-fourth man. You get. You have to get a minimum of five minutes. Everyone has a twenty-fourth man who is is auctioned off to raise money to, yeah, to pay for clubs. I get it, right? But the Venn diagram of people that are a rich enough to support the club through auction, and then b in shape enough to actually to, play to ten. not be killed yeah, it'd be I the mean, same guys that, that, so that like schlubby millionaire it'd be the same schlubby 60 yeah, year old it, having a midlife crisis yeah exactly and a, yeah, and then a heart same, attack when he gets on yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. same people that do like white collar boxing yeah I mean I, the, I'm just trying to think of the list of people that would be rich enough to do this and it, one The Rock Outside of the rock, yeah. the rock's not interested, right? <laughs> John Cena, yeah, yeah, maybe John, yeah Cena. John Cena. Anyone with a wrestling Bill background? Gates, Bill Gates is getting annihilated. B- Bill Gates, that would be. I bet Usain Bolt would do it. People like that, people who have retired from one sport and are transfer- <laughs> giving it a go. I, I mean, I'm not. I, there's some some movie stars. So outside the rock, some movie stars are in incredible shape, like Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Chris Helms, what? Yeah, Chris Helms. No, do you know what it would be? It would be like uh, nightclub owners getting their biggest bouncer, yes. paying for their biggest bouncer to do it. That's, uh, yeah, like um, like Gary Lineker's brother. Yeah, Wayne Lineker. <laughs> Wayne Lineker pr- could probably afford to send a guy there. <laughs> oh, then, Wayne Lineker, I reckon he'd fancy himself. But have you, have you ever played against absolutely enormous bodybuilder types? Yeah. All, all the time rubbish all you have to do is like move one foot to the right and they they have to move their whole body <laughs> I to actually see where enormous you've gone fella from where did he play uh, I'm not going to say the club because he it's be so obvious who it, like who it was absolutely terrible one of the worst players that I've ever seen well, yeah and this is the old thing that we always say the lower you go down the leagues the more someone looks like they're going to be incredible the worst. Oh yeah. Oh are. yeah. I saw a guy. Every every time. It's the correlation or the inverse correlation is incredible on that. I saw a guy playing for Sambach third team once, right? <laughs> and I swear to God, when I was going on the pitch, like he, he why, why is he not at Saracens? Why is that? Guy? <laughs> He's playing fullback and absolutely jacked, <laughs> rubbish. Yeah. Utterly rubbish. Yep. Definitely. So we've got another scandal. So, so, oh, sorry. No, 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 it's fine. It's just we've, we've had some good ones. Oh, no. oh sorry. We've had some good ones come in. Um, John Shyak uh, says, Gloucester's woeful kicking percentages continue to get worse as this weekend they missed all four conversions against Saints. Way! <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, Dan Simmons uh, on scandals. Uh, can you confirm next year is Gloucester's year? Not, Not next, next year. year, no. Maybe no. the year after. Because, yeah... I think we're we're on to twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. So sorry. Well, hang on. Twenty twenty two might be there. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. Twenty one, twenty two will be there. Yeah. Hang on. Twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. Maybe it is. So next not year. next season. The season after. Yeah. Gloucester, the start of Gloucester's next year is next year. Yes, because we're get, we're basically now at the end of yeah. 2020. Therefore, hope that answers his question. Yes. Here's one question that I actually don't know the answer to. 
What? Um, is do, it moon landings? Does, <laughs> does a negative <laughs> test override self-isolation? So, so that, that was the thing I was saying before. Yeah. And yeah. My, my assumption is uh, that Dimes is hoping yes. Um, I'm not sure that that's, that's right from Premier Rugby, but that's my assumption. Because mm. otherwise, sh- I mean, surely if 16 or 19 of their, their squad, their, um, playing squad and staff have tested positive, then every single person who's ever stepped foot in Carrington needs to self-isolate. Mm. Yeah, exactly. But, so, the rules can't be the same, can they? It, it, it must be. He must be hoping that um, you can override it with a negative test. Yeah. But then you come back to my point before around, what's, well, what's the incubation period? Uh, but does that not get caught on a test? I, I, don't, I know. don't know, but then... So that, that, that's why I was kind of getting a bit... Um, but if, so there, there are 22 positive yeah. tests in the, across the league this week. So you, you can have no symptoms. So as I understand, yeah, yeah. No, nobody at Sale Sharks is ill. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, you have no symptoms, and you, know, you might not display for 10 days, but you're still positive. And that's kind of the difference, I thought, between... You know, well, that's why I thought for Sale Sharks it was a big deal that they had a false negative. But then how how did... So the, in my mind, the false... I mean, we've been over it, but the false yeah, negative yeah. shouldn't change anything. But but how come... So the, there were um, the 21 tests, positive tests from the whole of Premier, Premier Rugby. 972 tests, 21 people tested positive, of which 19 are in Sale Sharks. How the hell did none, no one in Northampton? They only played um, three days before these tests. And that, that to me would suggest, as as I said before, this there's an incubation period between yeah. contracting the virus and then giving a positive test. Team baths, which which that they, they don't have team baths. For <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? They don't anymore. Just one thing which appears to be relatively new. Um, so, Chris Jones, the not BBC, Chris Jones, the Times Rugby and Rugby, yeah, yeah. So, uh, said. There's real anger from uh, Northampton Saints who refute, this is what I mentioned earlier, refute Premier Rugby's claims that they could have signed extra players, saying we were not advised this dispensation would not be granted. We therefore had no no option to bring in additional players as cover. Lawrence Delalio has uh, re- responded to that, saying, before everyone jumps to conclusions, perhaps it was the RFU and not Premiership Rugby who rejected the requests. Well, hang on a minute. And apparently it's the RFU that said, Chris Jones then replied saying, it's the RFU that said no to sale on Thursday. To so, sign. So again, we've got we've just in, just in terms of the administration and everything this? going on. These absolute clowns. So anyway, so my point being, going back to my main thrust. That's mental, isn't it? Going is back, it? Yeah. Sorry, I've not finished. I'm, no, I'm, no, sorry, sorry. Not, no, no, that's not, fine. Not to be, um, quite no, not at all. Um, like, it, what are the workplace do not know who to address these questions to? It is absolutely insane. Which goes back to my main point. Everyone, stop directing your... And until we get some smoking gun and a picture of a, of a massive orgy in a Manchester University <laughs> halls of residence... With a, a huge amount of enormous South African men. Yes. yes. <laughs> until we get that, or we get some video footage of the sales new training uh, exercise where everyone is... You know, licking each other's face or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, didn't, didn't they have mouth to mouth practice? Yes, they were, they, were doing, they were doing their first C- CPR first aid yeah. course. Maybe they're doing that aftershock challenge where you With... transfer it to each other's mouths. <laughs> <laughs> Until we see that, I think the, the smartest move is to direct any frustration you may feel, which is understandable because we were we were robbed of this crescendo that we wanted. Um, direct that towards like, the, 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 admi- the administration incredible. of the game, which appears to be. 
one one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing. Yeah, but, uh, it's amazing. In the professional game, they don't know whether to ask the RFU or PRL. Why do they not know that? Um, by the way, I've met many people that run the, the rugby clubs, as in the premiership clubs, and they are far, far from stupid people. <laughs> they are the exact opposite to yeah. stupid people. <sighs> oh dear. What, what a farce. But we might actually get some uh, MWDP this week. Yeah, we might I, get a I, midweek domestic podcast. I think it's unlikely, but it's possible. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. How much of sale lose that, by the way? Oh, well, depending on what team they can put out. Yeah, Worcester, Worcester, because they're they're fully rested. They can put out a full strength team. They can. Well, let's talk about a good news story, like a a good positive rugby story, and that is Wasps. Eleven wins out of twelve, six wins in in a row, uh, twenty seven tries in their last four matches, and second in the Gallagher Premiership, having been tenth in February. Only three points behind Dexter Chiefs as well. Um, none of it adds up. Simple, simple as that. <laughs> like you want to talk about things that don't add up. This doesn't add up. Uh, I can't explain it. They've got one of the weakest squads in the entire Premiership. Every move that they've made, everyone has. Do bought. they though? Yeah, really. I mean, they don't now that we know it. But who you know? Cast your mind about the start what, what, of the season. What? Who would you have signed from their squad? I mean, when Jacob Uma oh, was... Jack, well, Jack Willis was highly rated before. Yeah. He just had yeah, a long, both, long layoff. Both Willis boys. We didn't know we didn't, Uma, we didn't know Umanga was what he has become. I mean, as soon as Umanga Dan, Dan Robson would be one that everyone was raving about, but he had yeah. a long-term injury. Okay. Jimmy Gopeth had a long-term injury. I'm not saying he'd be a player you'd sign, but I'm just pointing that out. Oh, Gopeth and Fekitoa are... Minotzi Minot-si, you would have thought. Yeah, but Fekitoa is an all-black... Fekitoa is just class all round. I'll tell you what, Fekitoa has impressed me no end. Joe it's, Launchbury, it's, I'd have wanted in my team. You, yeah, you, he's Brad one of those players any, any club would want. Brad Shields, captain yeah. in Super Rugby, a Super Rugby victory. Uh, he was also awful. You know I love Tommy Taylor. A long, long time. But I would just go back to the fact that every Premiership rugby team, when you put out their first 15, is pretty is pretty good. It's, it's pretty, I mean, even London Irish, when they put out their first 15, look at them and say, bloody hell, that's a good team, right? It's not just about the first team. You look throughout that squad, it is not. It is probably second weakest squad, weakest squad at the start of the year. Now, you might you might disagree with it now. Irish, no. Worcester. They lost. Well, yeah, let's, definitely let's look at some facts. They lost a lot of talent. A load of it. And then they sacked the director of rugby. Because, because I think that, well, and as has been said before, and when I was defending 
um, die young all, all those times when they were losing. I was saying he is operating on probably the lowest budget in the whole league. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Well, it's one of, if not the. Yeah. yeah. Undoubtedly. And so with that as the context, what they've yeah. managed to do is remarkable. Yeah. They are, they are a special group of players. They, they must be. Uh, Oli Blackett is the next Jose Mourinho of rugby. I mean, I honestly don't know. I honestly do not know. Um, they've had issues around their training base. Mm-hmm. Um, they train at a lower league club. The facilities are completely adequate, but they're not Bristol Bears. They're not Sale Sharks. And they've been wanting to build their own training facilities for a few oh, years yeah. and mm. been totally unable to do so. I think the straw that should have broken the camel's back for Wasps was Elliot Daly leaving. And it just didn't. In fact, if anything, I mean, it's almost like the example that Sir Alex Ferguson used to give, which was, you know, get rid of your best players and all, and, and all the rest become 10% better. Well, all these guys became remarkably better. Um, the vision of Lee Blackett to go with Jacob Umo. I mean, I don't know if if you were in the camp, this was an obvious thing, but it certainly wasn't obvious to us who watched a lot of rugby. We thought they were mad. They had Sopoanga there, and he should start 10. Well, yeah. completely incorrect. And it, it's, it's very bold and very difficult to make that call because normal circumstances, money plays. Yeah. As in, Sopoanga will be... Um, he'll be one of their marquee players. But I guess Blackett comes in, doesn't he? And he has no loyalty. No, no, loyalty, not no loyalty to the contract. I, I get that. And I also think that the huge context here is two players that were out for a long time, I've already mentioned, inside Umanga, Dan Robson, who is one of the best players in the Premiership on form. He's doing very yep. well. And, yeah. out, and outside him, Jimmy Gopperth, who is the steadiest of steady hands on the tiller. Who's yeah. 37 now? 37. And still Breaking, He broke two tackles for a, for a try? Absolutely class. And he's, he's not the biggest guy. I mean, you, you had the pleasure of interviewing him. I loved his um, line at the end. Yeah. And, oh, uh, Jack, Jack Willis isn't playing, so you had to give me this medal, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Good lad. Yeah. Good lad. He, he's still absolutely... His longevity has been remarkable. Yeah. When, what, he, when he signed for Wasp, I bet they were not expecting to, he would still be playing at a level he is at no. this age. What I love are the ga- lads that have come in. The Ogres. Tom uh, Willis. To, yeah. yeah. Barbieri. The lad who plays second row, what's his name? Who I've Cardle. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's been a, a bit been up to the ace. I'd say he's been bloody brilliant. And I didn't rate him to start with because he was one of the guys I thought wasn't so good in a great team when they were really good. It was Bassett, but Bassett's come on le- leaps and bounds. Yeah, Bassett has been looking really good. Yeah. Uh, as for Fakatoa, he just likes to annihilate things. His, his hitting. <laughs> who, who did he put a hit in? Uh, today he caught them behind. It was the winger, um, the young. Oh, winger. Wyatt. Wyatt. Oh, yeah. Wyatt. Poor, like he caught, poor he, lad. He read the play so well. It was a poor pass, and he caught him like five yards behind the Bang. game and just hammered it. But um, Fekitoa, I, I, so I, I watch a reasonable amount of Super Rugby. I can't remember him hitting like that in Super no, Rugby. I, I can't. And it's just I remember his running skills from Super Rugby. His hand off his offloads and his his pace, his hitting. And his carrying of the ball, he yeah. carries he's, so he's like hard. He's a different player. It's like he's been, uh, it's like he's transformed himself into something else. Because I'm, I'm with you. I think of Fekatoa and I think of him in a Highlanders shirt, stepping, stepping off and then gassing underneath the posts. Yeah. So my image of the player, this, well, the last two years was a guy on the decline who's lost a step, lost, lost a yard of pace. Well, maybe he did. Maybe that is all true. But maybe he then went and reinvented himself as an absolute sledgehammer. Well, maybe he's like uh, the Mary Kevin Max. Uh, Brad Barrett is the one that comes to mind yeah. a little bit when Brad Barrett was playing thirteen for England, just atomizing people. But yeah. his his hitting has been a, a, exceptional. Uh, one thing that didn't make the, the the pregame interview when I asked Lee Blackett, I said, I said, 
your tenure started when your tenure started you were in 10th and it's not that there was no pressure but it was a very different kind of pressure to being second having all this expectation on you to win today to get home uh, semi-final how are you going to deal with that and Lee Blackett actually he, he looks so chilled out and he said no do you know what we, I, we were under more pressure then um, he said I, I, the Saracens thing I know we sort of thought well we're not going to get relegated but we were under pressure because we we were in 10th and he said today nah well, no, I, I, I don't feel I don't feel any pressure, and I think that that sense. And I chatted to Martin Gleeson after the game, and he seems like a real interesting right. A, played an, against him, an attack coach. Well, he was at Preston for a bit. Wasn't yeah, he? played at Oral. Yeah, he played at Oral. He Oral seems Oral. like an an attack coach, which very very relaxed as well, and and a good rugby brain. And I just I just get that sense that the the calmness of and confidence Lee Blackett and Martin Gleeson and these guys are putting into them is is translating onto the pitch. And when you've got experienced guys like Launchbury and Gopeth and Fekitoa, like you said, and Robson, um, there's just a real confidence. 11 wins in 12. And the, the, so they can now play with total freedom because they've already outperformed expectations enormously for this season. Yeah. Um, so they can go out and enjoy it. And if the table stays as it is, they'll host Bristol, which that'll be a good game. That's, that's, that's it's a the good match. It's, it's the one By game. Bristol never beaten Wasps. Really? Yeah. What? Since, since their return to the Premiership, yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry, okay. sorry, yeah. not ever. I was going to say, what? what a- in the, sorry, in the last two years, they've not beaten Wasps. Yeah, but uh, they've got a bad, but, bad record. Yeah. Wasps. But that, that's a game that. That's the best matchup for Wasps. Because were Wasps travelling to Exeter? I don't think they'd have a chance. Were they playing a full fit, fully fit sale, um, a full strength sale? I think Sale would beat them up up front. Yeah. Uh, and, Bath and, and Bath would do the same. I think Bath would beat them up. Whereas Bristol, Bristol have got a good pack, but I think it, this will be a really nicely matched game if if that is the, the Nathan Hughes ball semi finals. Yeah, and that's another yeah. one they lost. Yeah, they Nathan Hughes for big money. Yeah. Well, the, the, the fullbacks that they've had in the last four years, they've had four world class fullbacks. They had Pierre Tau, Kurtley Beale, Willie Larue, Elliot Daly. Yeah, and Daly played more thirteen for far more thirteen for them, but those. Those four fullbacks in the last five years that they've lost is I'd love remarkable. To know, I'd love to know what the lessons are that we can learn from this Wasps team. Like, is it a good idea to get rid of all of your highly paid players? Probably not. But no, if you're going to do it, is there is there a way to do it? And is there a way to replace them? And when you do replace these guys, how do you bring in different guys? And well, how do you make sure they fit into your system? I, I'm going to give you another name as well. And, and imagine what difference Will Stewart would have made to this squad as well. Uh, Will Stewart's Chuck class. Yeah. Absolutely class. He, that would have made a massive difference. Yeah, and, it really would have. Although I've got to say, just seeing Kieran Brooks again today, he is a, a freakish human being. The, sh- the, the shape of that man. <laughs> big old boy, isn't he? He's a massive... And he's, got, he's actually got a tiny waist and humongous shoulders. For a huge <laughs> man like that, I, I played against Kieran Brooks. Too. He's like a cube. Was it filed then? Filed, yeah. yeah. He uh, ran through half our team. <laughs> Although I, I did hit. Who was the Who was the winger? Filed winger. You'll, you'll know that. Uh, Brennan or Royal? Uh, no, not not Royal. The other one. Ollie Brennan. Uh, Ollie Brennan. I I got perfectly with the, with a great <laughs> tackle. He did score three tries that day, but I did I did hit him perfectly. Uh, I've so, had a few talented wingers over the years. It, yeah. it, it must be difficult for all these clu- uh, these clubs. Neither semi-final, we know exactly what it's going to be. So let's let's work on the assumption that it is going to be Bristol. I, I agree. That's such an interesting matchup because you've got two teams that really want to have a crack. 
Yeah. yeah. I think they might cancel each, out, each other out a little bit. To be honest, I, I, I've I not even thought about the matchups because I've been so focused on so focused on the sale sharks debacle. Which actually might come into it and then this yeah, match doesn't happen. We still don't know what the matchups are because of the sale factor. You so right. sale, sale can be as high as third or... Um, I mean, what or, scenario? So they could play... Yeah, they could go into fourth as well. They'd have to win, play and win, but only get four points. They yep. could go into fourth. So they could take third, fourth or fifth sale, depending on what happens. Yeah, so in the playoffs, I truly believe... As they stand, let's just assume Sale don't... don't yeah, play. yeah. So Exeter play Bath, Wasp play Bristol yeah. would be the way it goes. I truly believe that Bath are the second best team out, out of this lot. As much as I love what Wasp have done, I've got enormous respect for you know, all, all of their achievements. I think Bath have got better and better and better. And today was probably their first regression uh, since, the, since the restart. Uh, they are the best team. They are best equipped team to beat Exeter, although it might play into their strength a, a little bit. I'm going to remind you of one game. I, well, I, was, I was thinking about this in, sort of towards the end of the game when, when I was considering what the semi-finals might be, and uh, one of the most important moments for Wasps was that win at the Wreck. Mm. Yeah, it was. It really was. Uh, but I mean, that was such a freakish win. In so many ways, because they went to uncontested scrums, but they yeah. managed to keep on fifteen lads. They had no line out, and somehow they still did it. Yeah, well, that's you know, what I mean. I would, maybe, it's the weirdest win. Maybe, yeah. the, and I, I, I'm with you, albeit what I would say rather than Bath are the second best team. Bath have definitely got the second best pack in my mind. Yeah, and they probably have the second most overall talent, albeit. Um, I guess Bristol and Wasp both push them close, but to have guys like Rocco, Watson, JJ, um, McConaughey, who's just been brilliant, Falatau, Spencer's was Spencer in the first half was was brilliant today. They've got so much oh, talent. Matavesi has been playing. Matavesi has been been cla- absolutely but class. Matavesi is exactly the player that they needed to do a little bit of Jamie Roberts and then a little bit of Redpath and to help out where Preakson doesn't always excel. He's, he's the player that they wanted when they signed Benny Taps. Yeah. But they, he's, play, he's not the player they got when they signed Benny Taps, but he's the player they should have got. Hang on, hang on I'm confused now. Benny Tapuai, who uh, then yeah. went to Quinn's. Yeah, I was about to ask that. Did he go to Quinn's? Yeah, he was on, yeah. the, he was on the bench he's today. Still, by the yeah. way, by the way. He's, he's still there. Did, did, you see yeah. num- did you see shirt number 23 for Exeter today? James Shaw. James Shaw. <laughs> the Corona boy. <laughs> but they obviously Let listened and went, hold on. Hold James on. has been doing this gig for... Uh, 12 out of the last 13 weeks <laughs> we've got to freshen it up yeah the, the, it's got to the point I reckon James Short knocked on the door and went listen to that they're onto <laughs> us played, boss. played Rob Baxter a bit of uh, egg chasers they're onto us no wonder Rob Baxter was so shirty with you he wasn't shirty with me <laughs> I saw the way he looked there. No, uh, one thing I really <laughs> really like. tell you what you don't talk to Rob like you do Steve Steve Diamond uh, what are you talking about you don't get on to Rob Baxter like you do with Steve Diamond did you hear my, did you hear my first question this morning you today? Steve, Steve Diamond alone did you hear my first question to yeah, Rob Baxter you, you probably warned him did, no, did you hear it did you hear it no I said I said to Rob Baxter um, Rob last week you uh, due to the low number of positive cases you questioned you questioned the 
the nature and the cost of testing. What, what, what do you think today? <laughs> he and gave a little wry smile. He gave a smile and went, and basically, the sh- he actually used the words at the end, but after his long answer, he just went, I think I'll keep my mouth shut from now on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I loved his answer because it was, he, he kind of knowingly admitted that he was wrong about that point and yeah. admitted the benefit to all of it. Yeah. Love Baxter. I, a, I love that man. I do. I love cool, dimes as well. He's very cool. <laughs> I do love dimes. I, well, I mean, Dime, did you notice? I hate these posters. Did you notice the poster that dimes had on the wall behind him today? Yes, I, I did. Was like just an eye test poster. I didn't see it. Isn't it? Was it what? Well, it looked like an eye test poster to me. It, it's a bit like that, but it's not that. It's um, it's, I, I'm I'm a mank, um, and I hate these posters. It's on the sixth day, God created man. Chester. Chester. Which that, was uh, Dave? Which uh, was uh, now? There's one. Pl- if you do come to Manchester for a weekend, it's a very cool place to go to. Uh, just to see something a bit weird, go, go for a little drink up the top, um, Affleck Palace. Yeah, and, and, and you have a drink there. Uh, you can up the top. There's a bar. Is there? It used to be like a cafe thing. I think you can get a drink. You can get a good beer up there now. Anyway. Huh. Anyway, mm. I how, believe. How, how high is it? On this top bar? I don't know, actually. <laughs> how how many stairs do I need to go? I might be wrong on this. Anyway, uh, but Affleck's, Affleck and Browns is somewhere that my, my old man used to work when he was a, a bellboy, when he was a kid, when he was a teenager. Oh, did, or he, did he used to be a piece of else? He was a policeman. But that's no, no, was, no, no, no. Did, did Affleck's Palace... Aff- Affleck and Browns was a department store. Was uh, it really? Now, okay. it's, now it's Affleck's Palace, which is like this in, loads of independent... Yeah. Traders yeah, doing yeah. interesting things in there. Why did I bring this up? Because you, because you, of you know, um, on the sixth day. On the oh yeah, and it was a mural on the wall of Affleck's Palace. Ah. It was a mural, um, uh, like a what's what's the, when you have the bits of yeah what, mosaic mosaic. That's it. It was a mosaic uh, mural that said on the God, and on the sixth day God created man. So allegedly, Chester. allegedly. I mean, I don't appreciate Manchester nearly enough. And actually, over the pandemic, you can't really anyway. <laughs> Uh, do you know this? You can go for walking tours around because Manchester used to be powered by steam, so you can go. You can walk around all of the old steam, all, all of the steam tunnels. The steam tunnels. Ah, oh, the tunnels yeah. underneath the ground. Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know one of the guys who r- leads the tours or led the tours before before it all, before shut, it all down. shut down. Ugh. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, when it's all all, all up and running, I can now need to add Manchester steam tunnels to going to Old Trafford cricket ground more often. Yes. And oh. drinking, drinking. In a, in Affleck's Palace, drinking. At, oh, I will at, check that out. Altitude. I think there's a bar up top. Def- I remember. Go- I've not been since I was about eighteen. I've not been since my last stag do when I need to, needed to get a, fa- a fancy dress outfit. <laughs> needed to get some <laughs> some poppers. Yeah. <laughs> I dressed like Jeremy Corbyn, so I went there to get a, to get to get communist paraphernalia. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, exactly dear. the place you get that. Yeah. Um, What's a wasps extra? Anything else to say on the game? No, no, just good, very good win. Yeah, for very, wasps. very good win for wasps against extra second team. Thirteen, Thir- thirteen, thir- yeah. thirteen in a lot of positions. Two point five team. Um, Bath Saracens, I actually quite yeah, enjoyed. Yeah, I didn't see this obviously, so tell, fill me well, in. I, I did, um, I did watch this. Well, I watched parts of it. So what I did is I watched until I thought it got uncompetitive, and then I turned on to a different game that became uncompetitive, and then I turned on to the third game which then became uncompetitive. And then I doubled back onto uh, Bath versus Saracens. So Bath were Bath were building nicely. The first ten, maybe twenty minutes of the game, I thought Bath look absolutely class, and they're going to blow Saracens away here. Better up front, better in the backs. Um, Spencer was getting the better of Wigglesworth quite comfortably. Spencer, by the way, at least for those ten minutes, 
Looks like the England nailed on nine. I can't I, see past him. Yeah, and I, I can't as well. He's I, I think I think he's he's got to be playing. I'm, oh no! So it's got to be in the squad. He'll yeah. start on the bench and then get brought in. Rob, so in. I don't I don't want Youngs playing. Uh, I want him and Rob. Uh, Robson to be the two. Oh, I totally I, I'd, go, I'd go for one A and one B. I, I think Spencer would edge it for that's, me. That's not Eddie's way though, is he? Eddie's going to start with Ben Youngs and Spencer bring, will be on the bench. No, no, he'll bring Willie Hines off the bench. Willie Hines, yeah, Willie Hines will start, and then they'll bring Spencer off the bench. <laughs> and then they'll bring Young, Youngs off the bench and re-establish himself, <laughs> and that'll be it till next World Cup. Um, yeah, so Spencer got class, and I thought, you know, Saracens don't often get things wrong. But I have a feeling they might have had, might have got something horribly wrong letting Spencer go. I'm sure they sure they would have wanted him, but. They also got it, got it wrong not playing him more or not playing him like he plays him. He, he seems to be a different player at Bath to what he was in um, Saracens. I don't know if that's because they play differently or because they ask different things to their nines, but he seems to have come on 10 20%, and he was already very good. They, they scored the first two tries. I turn over, and by the time that I turned back, uh, Saracens were back, Saracens were back in the game. And for the life of me, I do not know what is wrong, what is wrong with Bath. They're just... They feel fragile for some reason. They can be incredibly good. They are comfortably the second best team in the country when they are playing like they can. They when they play up to their potential. I include Sale in that. I include everyone else. But they just can't. They just can't maintain it. I don't know what's wrong with them. In this game, the way the way I read it was, they, they Bath were brilliant for the first twenty minutes for, for all the reasons that you you set yeah. out. But Saracens looked like. They weren't even switched on. The Saracens were operating at about fifteen percent of their capability. Yeah, but Bath were having to operate at a hundred percent, one hundred and ten percent, in order to get go those two tries up. And Bath simply couldn't operate at that level for the full game. And Saracens just—they went from fifteen to twenty percent. They went from twenty to thirty percent. And they probably only played like the last twenty minutes where they were really um, on form. And by that point, Bath had. Almost tired themselves out. They they didn't seem capable of stepping up to match Saracens' level. It wouldn't and be a fitness I, if thing. that game, it might be. It might have been a fitness thing. It might have just been that they were so up for it and worked. They worked so hard and they had to work so hard to to get their deserved lead that they just couldn't keep that up. And had I, I think had the game gone on for five minutes, ten minutes longer. Saracens, Saracens yeah, win and, that and and I think there's a bit of there's a bit of context for Bath here. They were playing against Saracens, who had all that emotion surrounding yeah. this fixture. And they're playing against Saracens, who, you know, minus a couple of players in Brad Barrett and Duncan Taylor. And Vinopola. Uh, and Va- Mako, yeah. And Mako. Mako is but, well, big players. But, yeah, no, no, I get that. But they, they're they playing against a team all at home, at their home, with all that emotion surrounding the fixture, who took Racing to the wire in a Champions Cup semi-final a week ago. So, yeah. so I don't think we should... Uh, I mean, yes, they got themselves into a winning position, but... It might be slightly disrespect, disrespectful to Saracens to suggest that Bath sort of uh, underachieved. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. It just had you only watched the first twenty minutes of that game, you'd say, "Bloody hell, this Bath are going to walk this." As, and, and, as I JB did, and I didn't see as, the game, as so. JB did when he uh, yeah. when he switched off. You thought Bath, Bath were by far the better team. I tell you what, second half, I didn't think uh, Cock and Singer did well at all. Well, he definitely didn't do well in uh, fancy rugby draft when he came on. That's all I cared about. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, will, I will admit I was hitting refresh on my on, on our fancy rugby draft final, and I'm doing it even now. I'm refreshing keep, to keep see. Keep going until tomorrow morning. When yeah, you... I know. Tomorrow morning when the Don't final sleep. points, uh, yeah, final when the final points are confirmed. But I may well be the let the boys play league champion. 
Yes, congratulations. Well Tim. deserved. Well deserved. Well, we'll wait and see. Oh, I think I think Ollie's getting his lawyers involved. Uh, <laughs> you better lawyer up, Tim, you, you because Ollie's, Ollie. We don't. Got... Uh, elections, leagues, everything now is only settled one way. <laughs> lawyers, you, you better have some deep pockets. What is the trophy again? Is it just a little cup? Oh, uh, is it just a little cup? No, I mean no. It, it is. Well, just, it is cup, just a little cup. It is a little it's cup. Yeah, a, it's like, the, it like the ashes. I, I, um, it's a bit bigger than the ashes. I won. My fantasy football um, cup, we were in a league and a cup, I won the cup last season. And the trophy that I've got sitting on my mantelpiece is about two feet high. Yeah, I'm It's, it's massive. I think as the champion, that might be my... That might be my uh, my impact on the league. I might I might change the trophy. No, get a, I, I like get a bis- get, get, I might get a bespoke trophy for yeah, us. Yeah, now you're talking. What, what, what do you make out of? I'd like it I out think... of marble. <laughs> marble. Yeah. Have you ever watched The League? <laughs> It was on funny. Netflix. It's very, very funny. Yeah, yes. I don't think it is anymore, but it's about a fantasy Although they're nowhere near draft. as conniving as, as the FDR League. Oh, 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 sorry, as you in the FDR League. <laughs> yeah, quite. Uh, these allegations are... I don't want to make any more allegations. Jamie, you better the... lawyer up if you keep making these allegations. I don't want to make any more. Uh, Tim's very litigious. I, I, but I might, I, might, I might cast a new trophy in bronze in my in maybe in my own image. Wow. Maybe that'll be... <laughs> The trophy will be the cocker. I don't know. Wow! <laughs> Imagine that. it's going to be bronze filled with marble, and he's going oh, to live yes. in the cocker residence. Uh, well, definitely a marble base. You've got to have a marble. Mar- base. Definitely a marble base. I'm on the if, case. If for it's that. anything less than uh, one thousand kilos, then a metric ton. Yeah, it has to be towed everywhere. You're doing it wrong. All right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, what's the most obnoxious trophy in sport? Because the new Champions Cup is up there, isn't it? It's a stupid little crown on it and all sorts. The NHL trophy, I seem to remember. Oh, the Stanley of Cup. Yeah. It's ginormous. Yeah. yeah. But that's got a load It's like of... a three-tiered cake or something, isn't it? That's got loads of names around it. So that's quite yeah. cool. It's not that's quite cool. the trophy itself. Yeah, that's right. Now, yeah, the, sure the, the, the French top 14 trophy and Untermac doing um, yeah. surfing on it. Which, uh, that is cool. Which some British fans went, this is outrageous, look at him, uh, the arrogant so-and-so. But what I love about that trophy is that it's part of the tradition of winning the top 14. To beat it up, isn't it? To sort of beat it up yeah. and to do all kinds of mad things with it, which I love, just creating memories and stories. It's like the Calcutta Cup uh, got a dent in it because... Dent? It nearly got written off because um, Dean Richards and the Scottish back row John Jeffries back in 81, maybe... Well, not maybe 1990, no, 1990 I've got it was. a feeling it was before The Grudge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it might have been... Um, well, it might have been that... Uh, anyway, it's right. sometime in the late 80s or whatever, uh, they were playing a game of football with it <laughs> on a sco- in an Edinburgh street. <laughs> after course. a night on the Edinburgh piss. cobbled street, no doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah, make sure that you do get a marble base. Uh, and then, you know, I might, I might take it more seriously for next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway... So well done to all the FRD winners, yes, uh, of all the leagues because uh, yeah, there was a lot, a lot of stuff to contend with. But yeah, I can't believe. So basically, me, um, me winning our FRD league would be the equivalent of we still have F- FRD fancy rugby draft. Yeah, yeah. Are we still doing this? Yeah, yeah. I'm saying oh, right, it right. would be the equivalent of sales somehow sneaking into the playoffs and then going on yeah. and winning, and then going on and winning because it was 20. So 
until the morning that the scores reset, you had like a 20-point deficit to to be overturned. In the last round of real games. In the last round of real games. Uh, regular games. You were losing when the games finished and until the following morning when it reset and you overcame it by a handful of points to knock me out of the uh, I, do, I do like that I did it by knocking you out and then in the semi-final by knocking yeah, well, JB out. out. Let's talk about my... Uh, <laughs> you, it, my if you, if you want to be the Premier best... Premier Rugby-esque... Um, knowledge of of FDR rules. <laughs> if you want to be the best, you've got to beat the best, Tim. Yeah. And you certainly have done that uh, by beating me and Ollie Pool. Yes. yes. Right. Well, what did you see of the Bristol Irish game? Um, so Red Rodders try. Yeah, let me talk about Red Rodders try. Um, Randrandra. Randrandra. Yeah. Sorry. Because always catches me out as well. Uh, it wasn't Radrunder's try, it was Piers O'Connor's try. Piers O'Connor has been <laughs> so good no, since all, the restart. All, all I saw, the, the you know, everyone, all I saw of it was it was semi, it was semi again, semi, look at semi, he's no, amazing. Bloody hell, like, um, Piers O'Connor gets, gets a ball in his own half, accelerates like the Millennium Falcon, puts a weapons grade handoff in someone's chest, steps. What a signing he's been, by the way. From, from Ealing. Is that, oh, right, I thought, I thought he came through their, um, through their academy or such a no. thing. Uh, Get, gets a turn one, per, 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 perfectly weighted pass. Randrandra goes over. What a try by Semi Randrandra. Randrandra <laughs> does it again. <laughs> like, if anything sums up Piers O'Connor, it, it is that try. <laughs> Piers O'Connor has been absolutely classic. He's playing on the wing this week. He can play 12 13 wing. There must be a place for him in England, no? No. Why? I'd... No, why? Well, why? why? Just because he can play in a few positions, put him in the squad. Because he's class. He's he, abs- he is, he, he is he class is, at he this is level. Great. He's great. Um, you don't think he could step up? He'd be a great fancy rugby draft signing. He would be. He would be, yeah. Ooh, Especially if he's playing yeah, wing he's, as a... He's going on no, my, if he's centre, then plays all the wing. He's going yeah, on my draft yeah, yeah. so he's named as a midfielder, listed as a midfielder, plays wing. Uh, I, I, see, I, I like it. I like the days of Clive Woodward. So he's played, interesting, he's played What's Ireland that? under-19s, England under-20s, even though he was born in Sydney, Australia. Well, do you know Bristol have got another one of those? Um, he's qualified to play Australia, New Zealand, Ireland and England. That's they, good. What's, his, what's the fly half's name again? I've forgotten. Which one? Bristol. Um, Johan Lloyd. Lloyd's the young one. No, no uh, Callum, Sheedy. Callum Sheedy. Callum Sheedy. Callum Sheedy has played for, uh, has played representative rugby, I think, for, for age grade, England, Ireland and Wales. Is that right? Mm. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. so, I tell you what, between Sheedy, Lloyd and... Uh, the, and the other boy, he will be going back soon. Saracen's lad. Uh, Malins. Ma- Malins yeah. Who, by the way, is also very good. He, he absolutely good. butchered some yeah, try scoring moment, that. did he? I, oh. Yes, yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. Um, yeah, they've got really interesting, maybe two interesting options at 10. Because everyone's young, everyone is talented. It's not like the usual conundrum of like a Steenson and then a Simmons and then someone underneath Simmons. Yeah, it's actually really, really competitive, and I wonder if it'll be to the detriment of one of those lads. Because if you play Malins and develop him, that's no good. He's going back soon. Yeah, um, so he's got one more year, and then he goes back to Saracens. Yeah, she, so he will be, Malins will be played as like a utility replacement because yeah. he can play fifteen and ten. Sheedy's very good, but does he have the natural talent of you and Lloyd? He's going to be absolutely awesome. Well, what I like about Sheedy uh, is he. He he does very very simple things very very well. So he has all these incredible athletes, cutting cutting lines, running moves, and he just 
gives the ball. Yeah. yeah. Pick, pick the right option. That's it. it. You don't see much fancy stuff from him. No, nothing which, which, which is necessary when you've got Radrada and Piatau and Monaghan and Piers O'Connor and Leua all running lines outside. Are you ready for my mental comment of the week? <laughs> Another one? Uh, yeah, more so. Maybe this is the most stupid thing I've said ever. It's up there, I'm sure. Um, we just thought we spoke about Ben Spencer kind of being unleashed to play to his full potential. I don't think I've ever seen Malins play so well. I don't think I've ever seen Earl play so well. Oh, Earl's last season at Saracens. Yeah. Earl was good last season. He but he's was, awesome at the moment. He is awesome at the moment, so yeah. So what's, what's your mental call it, uh, mental statement of the week? Well, I've not even finished yet. Oh, OK. Um, Ezekwe is starting to get rave reviews at Northampton, as far as you can get rave reviews at Northampton. <laughs> Northampton, yeah. Um, you don't think Saracens were holding them back Because they're actually playing better. Well, the, the, no, the I, th- benefit... I think it's the context. They're, they're, they're in a squad full of that, so you don't notice them as much. And also the, the, the benefit of Saracens, but also the problem of Saracens is they've got such a big and deep squad, you can rotate. Like it, it, for, for the longest time, Jamie George was being rotated with Scout Brits. He was. Like two world... Two, Phenomenal and, and John Schmidt just hanging on in the background, just to, yeah. you know, give a little <laughs> bit of him. You say like the player makes no, sorry, the team makes the player. Yeah, or like they're greater than the sum of their parts. Yeah, maybe they weren't. <laughs> like if that Malins and Earl and Spencer, I said, oh, that's good right now. Maybe they, I mean I'd love to see how the lads are getting on in France. Like is um, what's the name of the the, the, the American prop who I've forgotten though oh yeah T.T. Uh, Lamassatelli yeah. is, is he tearing it up in France I mean I'd love to know how those boys are, are well, getting on well here's, a, here's an alternative thing with the inability to rotate as much uh, you left this space open which other players had to fill going back to your Alex yeah. Ferguson point look at Alex Lewington since the restart he's been ace yeah yeah and People might have looked at him before as oh he's just he's a bit of a Saracen squad player, but but Lewington was even, eight, even well, in even in Champions Cup semi final he looked ace. So he might actually kind of prove the point the reverse way, yeah. Which was he was the man at London Irish. Like you'd give him the ball and he'd basically make it half half yards. They went over to Saracens and be kind of well he's not that well, good. third third choice winger. Third, yeah, you see him occasionally. Oh no, he's absolutely ace. Same with um, same with Maitland. To be fair, Maitland at London Irish was com- when we watched them. Certainly in New York, he was comfortably the most talented guy on um, uh, uh, on the pitch. So yeah, may- maybe Saracens were so crammed with talent they played twenty percent worse than they actually are. <laughs> How could Maro Toji be if he moves? <laughs> Unleash the Maro. Yeah, let's let him free. <laughs> and look how good uh, Don Morris was. Yeah, Don Morris. Who? Oh no, he's just going to be look class in Duncan, a, a yeah. Heineken Cup semi final. So Duncan Taylor would be another one who came from London Scottish. London Scottish, That's amazing. And was not up to much, but I, I mean, I tell you what, he looks enormous on on TV at least. Like, the, the hair ball. adds a few yeah, about three inches hair, onto him. Yeah. Anyway, interesting point. Not that mad. Yeah, um, the Saracens nah. were being held all their talent yeah. were being held I, back I, <laughs> but, but, no I take but that back there's some yes, interesting serious. stuff around that yeah, maybe I don't mean exactly that someone tell me what I mean on, <laughs> mean on Twitter uh, Queen's Leicester happened yeah that was a yeah. thing that, that one in the history books that was a thing they scored some tries kicked some sticks I mean I don't know if it's a top Quinn's team might be might not be certainly Leicester's best team rubbish 
Um, <laughs> they deserve to lose I'm glad they lost and that was Leicester's best team wasn't it yeah Mourivalu played they um, had uh, Genji Young's Van Cole. Vyck made his debut on the wing they're rebuilding aren't they with you know, all that money and all that yeah how, the, how many other players are to come in there's not many now is there there's a few not many with uh, Mourivalu and Van Vyck in there can't be too many it's now like, what I'm seeing is not the basis of a good team I mean maybe it's a basis of a good team they need a they need better better squad players there is some talk that the championship m- could potentially not happen this season. Oh, I can't. I don't. I don't next have season. energy to deal with this. What? When? When? When, when is this next bombshell after next? Well, after we, the last bombshell. We don't know. It's just that there's there's issues below the Premiership. Of course, there are issues. issues. Mm. Yeah, I, nothing yeah. would surprise me anymore. Sorry, nothing right. would surprise me. There was headlines in the rugby paper this week around. Um, Mirroring a, a format that you suggested previously, JB, oh, yeah. of having regional tournaments Perfect. below no, the championship below for the, this season. Was it just for this season? Yeah, that proposal. They yeah. should put me in charge. They should absolutely put me in charge. <laughs> JB twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. I'm too lazy to actually do it though. <laughs> but you have the banners and everything. That is, yeah, You're not lazy enough to get the banners. Hang on a minute. You had what? all those confetti cannons. Yeah, and plus, plus. You had all like, those red hats. Nickel, if you, if you snuck it in, all you have to do is cross out the zero yeah. from the Joe Biden <laughs> banners. Just go and start collecting them. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> JB2021. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work and, you know, you know. If someone could tell me, if someone could tell me the actual dates and how I do it, I, I might do it. <laughs> you know. It's a lot of work for a mere £30,000 worth of expenses. So, semi-finals. Per, per away fixture. Per away fixture, yeah. It's a, it's a lot of work. Let's just have a quick look at the semi-finals as if they're happening as the table is now. OK, so if it stays the same, if the yeah. sale game gets cancelled um, or sale lose, then mm. Exeter would host Bath, Wasps would host Bristol. Right, Exeter Bath then. I mean, these are two good matchups. These yeah. are the, it's the best combination. It, it's like of can- two two matchups that cancel each other out a little bit, which could mean it's very tense games, or it yeah. could mean it's just. I think they'll both be close games. Yeah, I think so. I, I think Bath Exeter. I mean, on paper, it certainly looks like a even-ish matchup. It certainly looks like Bath is the best equipped to take on Exeter um, if you're going to take them on in the traditional way, which is up front. But I just don't think Exeter are going to play that game, and I don't mean play the game of being powerful up front. I mean, just bother playing the game that that, um, that Bath wants to. I think they'll just dispatch them. They are, they've been playing big um, big teams over in Europe. They know exactly what they're doing. They're not phased by by the big event. And more importantly, they've shown a staying power, whereas Bath have shown none. They, they, they came up against the Saracens. And I think it's a really important game. In fact, in many ways, this is almost like the worst scenario for them because... They haven't proved to themselves that they could they could beat Saracens. They came out with a draw against not a great Saracens team. If they'd have won that, I think I I would say well they're not favourites, but they'd be a lot. They closer can to do winning. it. Yeah, they yeah. can do it. I wonder if they have that doubt now that they don't have the staying power. Whereas Sar- uh, Exeter have no doubt whatsoever. And the the, oh. the Bath team has been through it's what is a very tough game, and they expended a huge amount of energy yeah. and a huge amount of emotional energy going through that. Exeter have been it was their second third team. Exeter are focused on the next three weeks. Yeah, they they know three games in three weeks. They win all those three games. They've got two trophies, and and they they make history. Yeah, so they they are to, they will be totally single mindedly focused on that the, the team that's going to play. So I have every confidence. It, it it won't be it won't be routine. It never is. But 
I really think Exeter are strong favourites in this. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. I think they'll win. Yeah, you say it's not routine. I think they'll win in a relatively routine manner, actually. I hate, hate to go to this year. I, I just, because they make everything routine. Yeah, um, friend of the pod, Steve Parrott, on Twitter oh. mentioned um, it would be hubris. Um, Exeter Chiefs fans would think would um, think it hubris to think that it would be a routine win. Or he didn't use quite exactly those words, but win. but um, I, yeah, I, I think his perspective on that is correct. I still think Exeter are strong favourites. Yeah, agreed. And then Wasps host in Bristol. Now I think this game could be absolute dynamite. However, if the pressure of the occasion gets to both teams, it could be terrible <laughs> if yeah. they're trying things and it's just not coming off so yeah okay so on these two teams they're similar in so many ways but maybe one of the ways they're most similar and most underrated is how functional they are and how they play the expansive stuff by playing good stuff or playing necessary stuff just as well uh, one of the examples that I got the other day was how many tries Bristol have scored from driving walls. Mm. Everyone assumes that they're just flinging it, flinging it around wide, and they are, to it, a certain degree. Yeah. But they are doing their basics well, too. Wasps against Harlequins, when the commentary team was saying, throw it wide, that's where the space is. No, it's not. They were disciplined, and they went down the middle until the space did... Earn the space. Yeah. They, er- they earned it. They did all the hard, necessary nuts and bolts stuff. So I think... This will open up, but only once they're comfortable that it is time to open up. Um, they're incredibly well matched. I'm just trying to think how is, uh, is Peter Tao all right because he didn't play today. He so which was the game? The game two weeks Uh-oh. ago where he played the first half but just did not look comfortable. Yeah, it was the game against uh, Dragons. The Dragons game. He played the first half, had a terrible game, didn't look comfortable. And we've not seen him since then, I don't think. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's what the injury is. Um, but in, in Malins or Johan Lloyd, whoever they bring in, they've got. Yeah. I mean, or, yeah. th- they're not, they are not Sir Charles. No. But they are seriously talented boys. They'll Indeed, be, they'll be okay. They'll uh, be all right. I'm, I hate to say this because I lavish so much praise on Wasps before, and I do think what they've done is amazing. I'm kind of just waiting for them to have a good beating. They seem to be ripe for good. Like, it seems like if someone could just pin them down, they could punch them in the face multiple times and really beat them up. But you, do you can't think, pin do you them think down. Bristol are the team because I don't think Bristol are the team to do that. No, no, I don't either. No, I don't. Exeter are the team to do that. Bath. Sale could be the team to do that. Yeah, well, Bath Sale could did be do the that, team to be fair. That's exactly what Bath yep. did. Sorry, Sale, Sale did. Yep. And that's what Bath almost did, except for you know some freak the, circumstances. Yeah. What, so wasps are eleven from twelve. Uh, They've got Joe Launchbury and Jack Willis to come back into their 15 from the side that were there today. Assuming everyone's fit, I think it'll be pretty much... Yeah, it'll be the same other than those two guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Wasps... I think the one thing you say is Wasps always seem to hang... Ha- just hang in. The way they won that Quinns game, not yeah. playing well. Just hung in. I mentioned the game away at Bath. Yeah. But they had no right to win that. Yeah. And they just dog dogged it out so there's an element where I'm sort of thinking they're, it's a f- I'm waiting for them to come unstuck but actually they just they seem a little bit tougher than maybe we're yeah, giving a, them credit for and their scrum's been good yeah it's mm. very, they're a very unusual team to, to describe aren't they because they're actually very disciplined in the areas that you, need, that you need to be disciplined it's only maybe an attack that they can get loose which is kind of where you want to be loose 
sometimes you will lose an attack at the expense because it's almost a mindset or an ethos and you lose focus of your set piece and mm. you know, your scrum and, and your defence. But they seem to have a nice balance there, which allows them to get the most most out of their talent. I have no idea. I honestly have no idea how someone plays out. I would say, across the season, I'd say Bristol would be favourites. But this is restart, and they've been bloody brilliant since restart. And they're the second best team in the, in the country by, by rights. So I don't know. I don't know. Is, is this fixture scheduling... And the fact that um, we've got Bristol and Exeter in the top four, who are also in the final of Europe, is this going to compromise both Bristol and Exeter's chances at both tournaments? As in, I, no, because of Europe, I think I think I'm right in saying that Bristol have to play on Saturday in Europe. Uh, no, they have to play on Saturday. This here. this coming weekend, okay. semi, the Rico game. If it's Wasp Bristol, will be on Saturday. Whoever Bristol play, that game will be on Saturday. Oh, you yeah. talk about the potential fans or the actual fans. Well, no, um, St- uh, Steve Vaughan from Wasps, uh, I think, made a comment that um, hopefully they'd like to think they'd be allowed some fans in the ground. But if not, that they'll look to get them into the hospitality uh, areas pre-match meal, watch it on TV. So I think it happened at Tottenham Hotspur this weekend in the right? football. Because it's you, like a pub. You could have a massive load of Jeez. Wasps fans watching the game on the telly inside the stadium. Yeah. What a farce. Black out the windows. What an absolute <laughs> farce. I mean, presumably you can go outside for a cigarette and watch the game. <laughs> no smoking in the stadium. You have to no go smoking in the out to the car park for a cigarette. Yeah. What, what, whatever <laughs> they do now. Yeah. But uh, no, this gets, so in terms of scheduling Europe, I, I think possibly both games will will happen on Saturday. So yeah, all I'm thinking is that they've got kind of ignoring whether it's whether they've got a six day or seven day rest. Yeah. But it's just the fact that oh, I see. these two teams, well, they definitely know they've got two back to back fixtures. Yeah, um, as in they've got the semi final, the playoffs um, for the Premiership. The following weekend is the final of Europe. And then, if they are so lucky to get to the final of the Premiership, that will be the the subsequent, the third weekend yeah. of the three. And do, does that make it more difficult um, to to get those back to back wins? We saw Saracens a few years ago. Fa- we've seen them do the double. And we've seen them fail to do a double. I seem to remember on consecutive yeah. weekends. So Exeter are going to be fully fresh for the semi final. So yeah, that won't 100%. be a fa- that won't yeah. be a factor. I think doubling up and backing up one one win, then a week later. They've only got to travel to Bristol for the Champions uh, Champions Cup final. Yeah, and backing it up, that's fine. By which time they'll have a champion. If they do well in that, they'll have a Champions Cup in their trophy cabinet. So, if they back it up and get the double, that's fine. But if not, they're they're already European champions. Yeah. So, which they take. They take. But they want both. Yeah. yeah. And they they should get both. They've been the best team in the Premiership this season. They should. If they if they win, or if they beat Bath, I should say. Or Sale. Or Bristol. Indeed, indeed. But let's say it's Bath. Uh, I would... Well, I, I, I know they won't be thinking like this, but I, I think the, the job largely for Exeter at that point is done. I don't think they fear Wasps. I don't think that they fear Bristol. That said, I think Bristol beat them full strength away at Sunday Park. Which did, not do, many teams do. Did we, Rob Baxter, after the game... Um, I, I was trying to get him to sort of talk about this dreamy, romantic... <laughs> Uh, pro uh, um, journey that Exeter have been on, 
<laughs> it's like look back over the last ten years, Rob, and look here you are, three weeks from glory. And, he, and, he, and his response was, "Do you know what? I'm thinking about training on Monday. I'm thinking about, <laughs> I'm thinking about training on Tuesday or whatever. That's... And we're, we're going to be watching the. We've got a bit of game tape to watch to do some analysis on the way back on the coach. Oh, that is the kind of question he will answer. That question when he, when he's got those two trophies, when he's got in the, the two bag, trophies, and not not a moment before. I, 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 yeah, it's. One of those things, I, I always find it weird how suspicious the coaches are. We, they never want to mouth off because they never want it to come back on them. <laughs> I mean, I would, I'd have no problem with that. I would have no problem whatsoever. I, I just think it's funny, like, they, they never say... No, no, I don't think he was being defensive. I think he meant it. Oh, I, no, I, think, no. I think he was being completely... Do you think there's a, like, an attitude amongst DOs, like this accepted attitude, which is you can only talk about the future, never about the past? They always say that. It's like, yeah, well, what's gone is gone. We'll be focusing on training tomorrow or the next game. Or and I, some of it is cliche, but some of it actually, I think, is is, like, is real. I don't know. A, a lot of that, a lot of those responses are just kind of media trained. You, you, you see, this, you, and you'll know who gives you the media trained responses and who who doesn't. Um, I don't know what it is with, with Baxter though. I, I think I think it's. I think it's legit. I think I think he totally means it. Yeah, I think I he totally think he gets, means it. Gets where he is, unless he's unless he's he is legit. Um, so to all of which, did you see the Baxter's not very clever uh, comments going on this going on this week? Yeah, no? yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this another Twitter thing? Yeah, yeah it's, it's just Twitter. Being all Twitter. Of the nice people. Oh, all, all the lovely, all, yeah. all of the lovely people who don't want people's nans to die. Yeah. Um, Oh, he's yeah. stupid. Turns out being a good coach doesn't... Anyone who thinks Rob Baxter's job right, is simply to put cones out and tell players how to pass a ball or how to scrimmage has complete... They don't know about rugby. They're, frankly, morons. Because it's so much more than that. There are rugby coaches that do just do that. But he has plotted and schemed his way all the way to the top of the game from a club with very little history. And he's done so by not just knowing about rugby, which he undoubtedly knows inside out, Knowing people, uh, you know, knowing uh, how um, uh, how, uh, how to build teams, how how, how to management, yeah, man management, how to manage conflict, how to build relationships with people, yeah. how to get buy-in from a group, how to treat that person differently to that mm. person, you know, how to engage a whole community down in the, down in the yeah. southwest into rugby. What he has done has been he's he sits on board meetings, he sits yeah. he's on the board, but uh, he's, Exeter but as well. He's not clever because no, he's he doesn't clever. agree with some. Idiots on Twitter. Who have, a different, who have a different opinion on bloody COVID policy. Get, get off Twitter. Yeah, Just get off Twitter. agree. We've, we've no, already spent far. There too- are too many. There are, there, are, there are too many good parts of uh, <laughs> I just focus on the negatives I just think that's, you know, how, you, how stupid must you be to think Rob Baxter is not clever <laughs> no it's not it's not about stupid how the more you think Rob Baxter is uh, stu- but, stupid for 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 you know, coming up with a a, a position on uh, any topic or or other people on various topics, it, it's not about you're actually showing how kind you are. That's, that's, that's true. That's the that's point. It. That's it. It's all you're just about not you. kind enough. Yeah, you, you're such a good person. That's exactly yeah. what it is. <laughs> and that's always filling a void. I, I studied psychology. That's always projection filling a void that you know there is a little emptiness in you or an insecurity in you that you're filling. By you're just projecting onto the onto the world your own insecurities. Uh, uh, Classic. So he is looking forward to training on Monday. What 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 was it? Why did you follow up with that? What? Was it? Why did you follow up with what are you doing on training? What are you going to do? No, I just I just really like that. It's three massive weeks ahead. Oh, no, honestly, I just I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Tuesday. I bet they've got a lot of work to get through though. 
Uh, one thing I did love, without the crowds and stuff, you can hear the players on the pitch loads. And uh, Dan Robson, his nickname, Dobby, might be the, <laughs> the best nickname in the Premier League. Now, looked- I have a question for you, a technical <laughs> question. Is there a man or a woman or a woman or someone who doesn't identify either way, perhaps, who is sitting there with buttons for when they score for loud noise? How does it work? Uh, so I assume yes. Like just soundboard? Basically. Kind of ris- like your soundboard. It's a bit risky, though, if they if they get the button wrong like on a try or... Put the Egg Chasers theme tune on. Yeah, yeah, they put the theme tune on or booing. Or, or, or the, twi- the Twitter knives. And actually, that's a great point, which is... I guess when they load up their soundboard, is it only with positive noises? Yeah, like, there'll be no booing, will yeah, there? Yeah, like a red card, they don't, you know, or, you know <laughs> abuse from the crowd. Send him off! Send, Send him off! Dirty, get, <laughs> off. <laughs> get him off the field! It's all, it's all positive. It's yeah. only the best part of rugby. Yeah. How convenient not to have crowds. You can manipulate, you can manipulate them only to be positive. So you could get a job there reloading someone's, reprogramming someone's soundboard for all the negative sounds. Yeah... You rubbish ref. Yeah, exactly. Every, no, look, what, ref, what the fans suck. say, every time ref, every yeah. time. Offside, every time. He, no, he's boring in. He's boring in. Like, are you sure you know what you're talking about? He's boring every time he's boring in. Maybe the sale fans are the worst for that. Every, every bunch They're of fans are awful. There's, yeah, there are, there are some incredible rugby fans. There are also incredibly... Uh, some fans who don't understand the laws of the game. I, I love it. I, I love, so many. I love it when I hear. Th- Which is fine, because but 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 then I wouldn't I wouldn't shout with such confidence. Exactly. It's fi- yeah. It's fine not knowing the laws of the, of the, of the screaming at the ref because you don't understand the laws. It's of like the game. knowing it's that phase knowing a little about something's yeah. worth. So I don't have, a lot yeah. of that I don't have the confidence that you do, Phil, because when I hear something which I don't understand, I assume I've missed something. <laughs> It's boring in where? Where? <laughs> in at the side! Oh, oh, the offside call from open play. That, that, that's a classic. He makes the interception, he's offside, it's open play. <laughs> so I, I, I've, I've witnessed this. So I've, um, I was the match announcer at Sale for, for a few years, and I used to stand by the Biggest tunnel. Biggest mistake that club's ever made. Oh, I know, mm-hmm. I know. Ever made. I uh, used to stand by the tunnel, which is where some of the most diehard season ticket, season ticket holders... Um, so I used to chuckle all the time when they'd come out with all this stuff. Uh, but then similarly, when I was just used to go and watch my brother play a lot, and uh, every time I went to an away ground, I just I'd hear all the different away, which is why I can say with absolute confidence that they're all exactly the same. Oh, they yeah. Just... Mind you, diehard rugby fans are weird. When, you know, when, you, when you're it plugged into one team, yeah. I mean, I'm a generic rugby fan. Yeah, yeah. Fan. You're yeah, yeah, neutral. Yeah, you're totally, totally, totally neutral. neutral. <laughs> but so I think Irish fans fans have this in particular. They don't have any football teams, do they? So I yeah, think they're yeah, more passionate. Yeah, you don't, yeah. Yeah, whatever that is. Um, I'm sure it's very important. I'm sure it's very important, <laughs> right? But because they don't have any football fans, I guess all the people who would otherwise support a football team, sorry, don't have any football teams, all the fans who would otherwise support a football team head towards rugby. Now, that's no bad thing. No, I mean, more getting, premiership. No, the, the, the GAA well. sports Premier are League massive team. in they Ireland. They are massive. They are massive. Yeah. And everyone in Ireland supports a Premier League team as well. Do, yeah, but they can't go to the games, right? Well, that's all right. A couple of years ago, when I was at um, uh, All Blacks versus Ireland over in Ireland, I got a lift from a taxi driver. He's like, oh, where, where are you from? Manchester's like, oh, I've got a Manchester United season ticket. Wow. So he, he travels from Dublin Roy to, said that, though. to it, uh, Old Trafford every, every week. Stuart Lancaster like travels back and forth. Yeah, it's yeah. Like Leeds International to Dublin. Yeah, see yeah, big stew. But my, point, but, but, my, but my point is, I guess there are people who would otherwise be supporting a football team who come to support a rugby team, which may be why they're 
their supporters a little bit more passionate, say, than the English equivalents? Because they're definitely more passionate as fans. There's no choice about it. Being in, being in, um... no, they're, they're more partisan. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I mean, they're Leinster and Munster, particularly. Ulster, uh, uh, I'm sure, are the same. All their fans at home are amazing. But Leinster and Munster on the road in the Heineken Cup is one of the the great parts of that competition. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a knock. It's not a downside. No, but they all, no, no. Um, yeah, they, they all, make great uh, spectacles. A, pas- a passionate bunch. We're wearing old-fashioned shirts with shorts and boat shoes, running on the pitch to venue <laughs> 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 frustrations at enormous English Polynesian. That's men. how passionate they are. They'll, <laughs> passionate. they'll put their own life in danger. Yeah, <laughs> that was the equivalent of like being on a on, on a safari jeep <laughs> and jump, I, yeah. jumping out to, to across the rhino. I don't find many. <laughs> there are some English rugby fans that are as passionate as Munster and uh, Leinster lot, but usually they're sort of just resigned to whatever fate that their team gives them. That week. at least the, some of the Sale fans were back in the day. Like, oh, well, there we go, another it, loss. If you want to find, <laughs> if you want to find them, they're they're all on Twitter on a on a Friday when there's a potential scandal uh, yeah. kicking off. <laughs> Evidently. Have we got anything more to say about these games? No. Let's um, let, let's hope we have a midweek domestic podcast. Yeah. Yes, it'll be quite nice. And God knows what that will throw up. And then there are other. I mean, there were there are other things that are so 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 scandalous that we could have talked about, but maybe we'll maybe we'll save that for, oh, yeah. for an we've, MWDP. We've all roads lead back to Sam Burgess, but maybe let's uh, let's see if anything comes out in the next couple of days, and then maybe we can. I don't have the energy to talk about Sam Burgess right now. No, this exactly. This room is getting warm as well. It's getting hot. It's yeah. getting warm. It's getting warm. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you want, don't, don't. In fact, don't come and see me on Twitter. I'm not doing anything there. <laughs> at Cocker, come no, see me. Not interested. See him instead at Jay Beardmore um, or at Rugby Podcast if you want. Phil's lurking. Always uh, hit subscribe. We may have a midweek domestic podcast. We may have another scandalous midweek podcast. We may actually have some rugby to talk about. We'll wait and see. Hit subscribe in the feed and it'll get delivered to you regardless. We're on ACAS, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts and everywhere, anywhere else. And let the boys play. Let the boys play. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 